0: transit and our bike and ped facilities. Um, As part of our annual work program, um, here's a a slide showing um, our metro area that we serve. Um, As part of our annual work program, we conduct trail counts across the metro between May and October. And we wanted to show you some of our recent counts from 2020 to give you an idea of how patterns have changed since the onset of COVID-19. Um, We suspect trail usage um, may be up this year because of COVID-19, but we cannot say for certain. Um, But we've um, gone ahead and collected seven counts this year, a few in the spring and a few in the fall. Um, And I'm just going to run through three of them here. Um, So the first one is the North Liberty Trail at Forever Green Road. Um, You can see that in 2020 um, we had a, a significant increase up to 406 users. Um, This is near the intersection of Coralville and North Liberty there. On the Iowa River Trail at Terry Trueblood Recreation Area, um, we collected two counts, one in the spring of 2020 and then one in the fall. Um, And you can see that that fall count really jumped um, as compared to the previous four years Um, and we're really thinking that that um, is likely due Um, to the COVID-19 pandemic. Finally, here is our Clear Creek Trail Counts. Um, This is at Camp Cardinal Boulevard. Um, We again did two counts in 2020, one in the spring and one in the fall. And you can see the fall count had about 200 more users um, as compared to the spring count. So it really shows that people are getting out there. um, They're using our trails um, as a healthy alternative to Um, you know, going to gyms, being in recreation facilities, things like that. So um, with that, I'm gonna pass it over to Sarah Walls who's going to introduce the Trails to Table Challenge um, and then our guests today.
1: Thanks, Emily, Mm -hmm. and thanks everybody for being here. Um, So the Trails to Table Challenge, this is something um, we're doing this year. It's part of um, every year the MPO with with our member communities. So Coralville, North Liberty, Iowa City, University Heights and Tiffin um we've always engaged in a fun little um between the staffs of the different communities a, a, a charitable drive uh, around the holiday season and this year because of COVID-19 with so many staff working at home and just other challenges that we're facing the MPO staff which they're just five of us um we said um let's try something different this year and so we knew as Emily just talked about that trail usage was way up and we knew that um, there's also, you know, some mental health concerns because people are feeling isolated and alone. And we said, let's really try to promote our trails over the winter. We knew that some communities were plowing extra trails for the year because of rec centers being closed down. And we knew that Coralville was doing some interesting things with um, grooming um, fat tire trails and, and trails for cross country skiing. So we said, let's really, push the trails. And while we're doing that, we'll also try to raise some money for our local food pantries. So if you're watching today, um, uh, we would encourage you to donate to the local food pantries. Um, There are links on our Facebook page and and through our Instagram. And also if you go to mpojc.org and scroll to the very bottom on the lower left to our Trails to Table link, it'll show you where to donate there. And we'll send all of the money will be divide, divided between the three food pantries. Um, we're, as part of the challenge, we're again posting a lot to Facebook and Instagram about our um, the, our MPO staff. We're, were riding, um, walking, and jogging all of the hundred miles of hard surface trails within the metro area, and we're um, also posting lots of fun maps and information trying to engage all of you and encourage you to go out and try out those trails. And so um, this map of the Clear Creek Trail is available um, on on our website, MPOJC.org. If you go to that Trails to Table, you'll find all of the maps that we've been doing. And the Clear Creek Trail is a a favorite trail and it's one that has benefited from um, state and federal funding. And some of that funding comes through the MPO um, we know that it, you've gotten at least $3.3 million in state and federal funding for the construction of this more than nine mile trail. And uh, 1.3 of that has come through the MPO. And um, so we're really excited for, um, for um, Alex and Sherry to both tell us about um, what's going on with the trail this time of year and plans um, in the future. So I'll let Alex and Sherry uh, take over.
2: Very good. Thank you, Sarah.
1: Sherry, you're on mute. (laughs) You're muted. Sorry, I couldn't
3: see my my stuff with the share screen. Do you have the ability to pass the share screen over to us? We have a, a PowerPoint to put up.
1: You should be good to go.
3: Okay. Let me see if I can run this from the beginning. Great from a little bit bigger okay can everyone see it's good clear creek Greenbelt trails at the top okay all right well thank you and we're, we're always excited to talk about um the clear creek trail i think i've been the director of parks and rec here in the city of corville since 2005 and we've been working on the clear creek trail since um 1999 so it's been. It's just always a part of of what I do, and and getting either whether it's writing grants or looking at um, new ways to to use the greenbelt. We have over three hundred acres that we manage along the southern end of Corville. and um, we can almost say the Clear Creek a trail goes through the whole thing. Um, we will be able to do that um, here in when we make our connection under um, eighty and three eighty. So let's see. I'm going to go into next slide. Um, Clear Creek, this just gives you an overview of where we're at, where the Clear Creek um, uh, Trail runs. And we, we often talk about the, the Clear Creek Trail itself, but we are no longer just a hard surface trail in the Clear Creek Greenbelt. So we'll, both Alex and I will talk today about how we've expanded recreational opportunities uh, in that area. So the yellow line um, depicts Um, where the hard surface trails run uh, in the Clear Creek Greenbelt and the black line is where all of our natural surface trails go. And we have um, over six miles in the woodpecker single track. And we also have trail at Creekside Cross and the Flow Trail out at Creekside Sports Park. So we've got a number of opportunities um, that we have going on there. So
2: real quick, Sherry, sorry to interrupt. Um, Is everybody seeing the next slide?
3: yes okay so it's the powerpoint's running mm-hmm. can you not okay. see it running alex
2: it's not running for me but i can open it up on my screen i guess um
3: do you need a minute to you want me to why don't i stop to... a View
2: in the upper right hand corner alex Yeah, I'm still on the um, beginning screen for whatever reason.
3: I'm going to do a stop share and a reshare. Just to see if that helps.
2: There we go. That's, that's the third slide, I think, into the woods. That's
3: the third slide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. So, We are, um, before we talk about winter, just what we're doing in the winter, we are definitely um, off the beaten path now with trails in the Clear Creek Greenbelt. So we're into the woods where, oops. it didn't go to the next slide for me. Why is it not working? Okay, now I'm locked.
2: Right and left arrows on your keyboard.
3: Oh, there we go. Thank you. Through ravines. This is a shot out at Creekside Cross where we've we've cut through some of our ravines to put in um, trail there over creeks. Great picture of our Parks and Rec Commission. um, Looking at some of the work that our staff has done um, out at um, both Woodpecker and at Creekside Cross and Flow Trail. And these are also both of our our staffs working on these um, areas. And then over wetlands these are boardwalks we have put in um, over wetlands in the woodpecker single track trail and again our staff and i um, Iowa Coalition of Off-Road Riders have been responsible for doing a lot of this boardwalk work that you'll see out there. So our winter trail this year this is the first time we put up a winter trail map and um, with COVID not only with just COVID but also with we've had an, a couple of routes come on board um, in the city here in the last year, that helps our commuters commuters be able to commute for um, to get to work. So that was kind of the the emphasis behind doing a winter trail map and getting that out to the community. But along the southern border, you can see um, where uh, the Clear Creek Trail is, and we do not we groom that for cross country skiing and fat tire riding, and um, promote <coughs> that for winter watching, snowshoeing, the green belt, all we promote in that way in the, in the winter.
1: I should say, Sherry, um, on that map, um, we've, um, the MPO has put out a snow plow map where we've used years, It's on our MPO page, again, that Trails to Teo page, because you know, some of those blue lines where that, that Coralville's not plowing, either Iowa City or the county are plowing some of those along the edge, like North Dubuque and Camp Cardinal and and through the peninsula. So I just wanted sure. to get that out.
3: Yeah, and Scott Scott Larson and I can work a little bit more on this map. He I think he just has a note that it might be being groomed by somebody else because it's not Coralville. It's right. not in the Coralville limit. So yeah. yeah, we can work a little bit more on that. So yeah, um, let's see, I'm gonna go to uh, organized. Let's see, I gotta go one more there we go, sorry, I just had to see where we're at. Um, so winter activities, um, I'm gonna turn over to Alex to talk about um, how we're grooming the Woodpecker Single Track Trail, which is in the Clear Creek Green Belt.
2: Thanks, Sherry, I'm Alex Bumeyer. I'm the park superintendent here in Coralville. I've been here for a little over four years um, and been able to, among many things, focus on trail work and construction and maintenance. Um, cycling and trails are definitely one of my passions. So it's been really awesome, uh, being part of the community here. So thanks for having us and thanks for hosting, uh, this. So, uh, yeah, woodpecker, or we're, we're focusing a lot of our winter activities for grooming. I'll uh, we'll go through that, but as you can see here on this map, we have approximately six and a half miles of single track trail and it's accessible through our paved network as well as at Camp Cardinal Boulevard at the Tom Harkin Trailhead. So I'll talk about that a little bit and how we've developed that later, but uh, as far as winter recreation, if you could advance, Sherry. So this picture on the upper left-hand corner would be um, what trail conditions would look like without snow or very little snow. Um, We're still allowing them to be ridden during the winter, but we do ask that they, are only ridden at temperatures uh, below freezing. Um, anything above that, um, we're gonna start rutting them out. So we do ask that. So that rider there is um, enjoying the trail in uh, frozen conditions and not, and not um, running up the trail condition. So the, the lower picture shows a groom trail. And this is recent, this was uh, taken uh, just last week. Um, like Sherry mentioned, we have a partnership with i Iowa Coalition of Off-Road Riders and they are actively grooming this trail now with all this awesome snow we've had. So when the trail is groomed, we're we're asking to please um, reduce your tire pressure on your bike and there's a PSI recommendation there on the PowerPoint.
3: Um,
2: Please advance, Sherry.
3: And they also stress fat tire and mid-fat tire. um, Anything greater than is that 3.8 inches of of tire size that they like to keep on those trails.
2: So we hosted our first uh Yeti pedal event last year. That was really fun. We had a we had a fire uh right outside in the Tomork and Trailhead, um some beverages. I think Sherry brought some hot chocolate and um some snacks. Uh-huh. Shields was there with some demo bikes and some members of iCorps also there with fat bikes. And uh, yeah, it was a really great event. We're planning on doing the same again this year in February uh, the 6th from one to three. So hopefully we have some good snow conditions then as well. Uh, The picture on the left is uh, again, the groom trail and we're asking that hikers do not hike on the trail surface. So you can see people have been um, honoring that as far as walking on the side there, you can see some footprints and then the groom trail remains intact. Um, If you're walking on that with regular shoes you can't sink below the the groomed surface. So again, um, you know, we're allowing fat bike tires, cross-country skis, and then snowshoeing on the groomed surface. And um, you can kind of see that with the signage there. Um, Here's a picture of Clear Creek Trail groomed. So we just started this also, and this is kind of tricky. Sherry's gonna talk about this quick, uh, right after this slide, but we are trying to groom on the side of it for cross-country skiing, and then also a fat bike um, trail within it also, but there are some conflicts, and Sherry can talk about that next.
3: Yeah, we do have, um, we've, the, the University of Iowa has, cross, has groomed for cross-country skiing for some time. Um, they, uh, we're taking over with um, the Snow Dog and with Icor. we're taking over that grooming as well as adding the fat tire and trying to put more um, controls in place because otherwise it looks like this. This was taken yesterday um, just uh, east of like the IHOP area or west of the IHOP area. And so so people aren't um, haven't tramped on the, the concrete trail, but here you can see, this was taken yesterday as well, right out of Tom Harkin Trailhead going east and you can no longer see where we've groomed for either one of those. Both of those had been groomed for cross country skiing and for fat tire riding but people are just getting out and walking with their normal street shoes on that trail which so we're having we just have to figure out the the right combination of of getting the word out that crosscut the, the clear creek trail in the winter time is is for winter sports and not for regular tennis shoes and regular tires. So moving on um, we also have um, Cross the Corville Creekside Cross, which we've, um, I don't know if we've started grooming that Alex yet, but we intend to get some of that groomed for cross country skiing and snowshoeing as well, and fat tire riding. That's Uh, coming up. um, I talked to
2: uh, I-Corps folks about that. So we're gonna get the the cross country ski groomer in this week. And then their intent is to groom that. And I also talked to the folks at Ashton through the university and they express for grooming for skate um, skiing out there. So hopefully that happens. Oh, this great.
3: Week. Great. So this will be not only winter, but um, just in general, some information about Creekside Cross. We opened this in August of 2017, took us about two, five months of construction. And we did all of this in-house with volunteers from I-Corps. Um, great, uh, Hawkeye, uh, Day of Caring, as well as our staff worked on this. Um, we spent four thousand five hundred dollars to come up with over two miles of new um, cross course area, and Goosetown Bike Club also was involved in helping us get this off the ground and getting it going. So it's been it's been a really great um, addition to our community. This is what it looks like in uh, when there's no snow on the ground. You can see the paths go not only um, along parallel with the hillside, but also perpendicular to the hillside. Um, Picture of us cutting the ribbon, our grand opening there, we had um, over 200 people come out and ride on the day that we opened this trail. So it's probably next to the theater. This is probably one of our biggest grand openings we've had um, in in terms of park facilities. So everybody was really eager to come out and try it out. Um, I'll let Alex talk about how we set this up for racing and what that means to, uh, uh, as far as an economic driver to our community.
2: So, we've had, I think, two, two races on the Iowa State Cyclocross Series, I think is what they call it. And usually the cycling club set that up. You know, we're providing the venue, but a lot of it's, um, you know, Goosetown or ICOR Corps or, or different cycling groups um, hosting these events uh the first one in 2017 or 2018 was um was a success we end up can you go back to the route real quick sherry so we can kind of see that um it's pretty fun that you know there's different opportunities how we um can organize the the race as far as um through the flats then along the terraces there and then there's a section that goes through the the woodlands with a, with a bridge to cross over and then with some of the history of the property, there are some barns up in the Northwest corner of the map there you can see. So on race day, we're actually running um, the course through the barns. And some of the slides coming up, we can we can go back to those now. Sherry um, shows the race day and different uh, local and regional riders from the state um, kind of traversing through the, the hillsides and then through the barns, which is really fun. I think that's Jim Cochran there. Um, There's the bridge we built, Those some of the old barns I mentioned earlier, Um, and there's the course going right through the middle of it. So really fun, really fun days and um, a nice compliment to, you know, uh, uh, local riders to train for events like the bigger Jingle Cross that's hosted in Iowa City. So we're really proud to be able to have that as a venue. And we do call it
3: Creekside Cross, not necessarily um, Creekside Cross. Uh, cycle cross because we also do cross country running, cross country skiing, all of that's available out there. It's probably one of my favorite places to go and walk because you do get the vertical challenge as well as the um, just anytime you walk on grass, I think, or jog on grass, you get more a different feel for um, and a different type of workout. So it's one of my favorite places to go into that as well. We were the first cycle cross permanent cycle cross course in Johnson County and we were the third um, permanent cycle cross course in um, the state so and everybody tells we have people who travel from um, quite a ways to come and ride it and they and everyone really enjoys it let's Alex why don't you take the lead on the flow trail
2: sure um, so <laughs> Creek High flow trail this would be the, th- the third natural surface trail um, Facility that we have all connected through the Clear Creek Trail. Um, so, yeah, the paved uh, Clear Creek has, has become both a connected trail but also a corridor to access all these other trail networks that we're, we've created. Um, and our latest is Creekside Flow Trail. This has been super fun. And the demand for this project or Epitus came from all the usage we saw at Woodpecker. So, through the MPO, we monitored trail traffic at Woodpecker and just over the years saw more and more use. So um, with with congestion, we decided we would step up our game and create a flow trail network. It's two miles of um, flow trail of varying difficulties. You can see the map here and the various uh, colors uh, represent the difficulties. So uh, similar to ski resorts, um, these type of trails follow the, the, the same difficulty rating. So the green would be an easier and blue more difficult and then black advanced trail so they uh the user can kind of build up to their skill level so woodpecker would be you know very green level riding and then as they come out west to try this out they can test their skills we've had a lot of great partners in this project Um, and this is a professional built trail so we we went through a, a process to hire a contractor to help us build this um, this image below is one of the trail builders actually testing one of the features. This is uh, a guy named Spencer and he's a trail builder for this company, but he's also an amazing rider. So I thought I'd put that image on to see um, what you can do there um, if you advance your skills. So I just got a few slides to share some of the, the experience out there. If you can advance, Sherry. Here's um, some of the green and blue trail. This is um, you know, a little bit more beginner, but it gets people out there to experience some of the berms and uh, downhill um, uh, flow trail experiences. There's um, some bridges we built around trees. It's really fun to, uh, to navigate. And you can see some youth on the bottom there enjoying it. So it's, it's, it's built for all users, all ages, um, super exciting. Next slide highlights some of the, the black trail. We call it sand crane because we ran into a lot of sand veins in the soil types. So we ended up um, sourcing some limestone, like repurposed limestone, and armored the trail surface with it. So as you're climbing, you're, you're actually riding on top of, of local limestone. And this is a technique that's used in a lot of places uh, out west or even in the east, um, where they have this type of stone readily available. Um, and so these some of these trail builders they're working all over the nation, like in Bentonville, Arkansas, and we 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 took on that technique to 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 build this trail over the sand. So it's kind of fun, um, really awesome experience, really technical experience. And then the image on the upper right hand is a feature that was built over like an old car, and you can you can ride over that or not. So all these all these features are technical areas. You also have a, an option to do an alternate route, so you're not forced upon that and and you can build up to that experience so really fun stuff there i think the next I slide would
3: i'm not a i'm not um like mountain bike riding wasn't something that i um had ever done i i have a hybrid and i have a road bike and so i've borrowed some mountain uh, mountain bikes several times and gone out and ridden and just absolutely love Um, The flow trail, it's it's a different kind of exercise, it's a different kind of of, um, experience as well as a little bit of an adrenaline rush. So it's really great. And so any age, any ability can go out and ride. Um, This slide, I just wanted to just kind of brag about our staff for a minute here. Um, We have repurposed um, anything from the black poles you see there are the old um, light posts off of Highway 6 that we're using for bridge construction. Alex talked about limestone. We've repurposed a lot of limestone block that has come out of things like when the library was redone, um, we, we took all of that corner's limestone and saved it and now we're using it in different places. They used a piece of the old Oak Hill Cemetery sign. The foundation was dug out And we replaced that Oak Hill Cemetery sign this past summer and then they used the foundation stone, cut it in half and used it out at um, the flow trail as well. So we're we're trying to reuse and recycle as much as we can in the community um, to save costs as well. And our staff built all the bridges. I would say add that to, um, we didn't put the bridges in our contract with our builder um, total cost on our flow trail as far as out of pocket to a, to a contractor was 72,000 um, but we also built our own bridges and um, used our own staff time to, to do those or else it would have been much higher the woodpecker single track trail we talked a little bit about that from a, a winter perspective but I just we have a few images of what that's like during the year. This one, um, we usually, I need to take this picture when they freshly mowed. Typically keep um, back about two foot mowed on each side of our our single track trail. But what I love about the Woodpecker single track trail is that it takes you places that you normally aren't gonna see. It gets you to much quieter spaces in the Clear Creek Greenbelt, gets you off the beaten path and gets you views like this um, where you can stop and take in the water um and really kind of get a little bit more up close and personal takes you through um, some wet meadow areas and some wetland areas as well um and um gets you to the point where we also have started to put in mapping and try to make sure nobody feels lost out there and i'll let alex talk about construction here
2: sure um so With woodpecker, it's going through a lot of wetlands and uh, it's, it's a directional trail, so we, we want users to use it um, uh, clockwise and in doing that we've had to make sure they're they're continuous loops. so if you go back to the previous slide real quick. Um, they're they're designed to basically be be loops and in doing so. So there's an east and a west side basically. Uh, like Sherry mentioned, we've got wayfinding signage throughout the network. Um, with you are here, you are here points. You can kind of see those in the in the maps on the left. And so, like I said, they're they're placed throughout the network, that way people can navigate and don't get lost. Because once you get back into some of these areas, I mean you're you're a mile in or half a mile in in some cases. So we want to make sure people don't get frustrated. And then in, in doing these, these looped trails, um, directional loop trails we were faced with wetland wetland areas so to traverse those we created boardwalks and this has been really fun to, to research and develop because just with how we manage wetlands we can't uh the the structure themselves can't be invasive so we can't with a pan pan system and we're sourcing these pans and you can see these uh below here these metal metal structures, um, they just sit on top of the wetlands. So we're building these in the winter months or the dry times when we can get equipment and materials into these. And they're designed to just kind of float over the wetlands, which is really neat, really neat experience, a really fun writing experience. This one here uh, shown is I think 350 feet long. And so, you know, and it curves a couple times. And so we've been able to build these throughout both networks. Here's an image of it completed And as you can see, this is in a dry time, but earlier in this presentation, there was um, an image of it uh, during wet times. Here's the skills area. Um, And this is um, in the west side of Woodpecker and gives riders an opportunity to get their skills up before going out to the flow trail, basically. Um, There's some curved um, raised boardwalks. There's some... um, Different slides coming up showing that this is Kevin Seidel from i kind of pointing fingers and showing our staff how to build these things and uh, we were able to secure a grant from the Community Foundation of Johnson County to build these here's a youth rider on one of the features um, and again there's an option for a drop off on this particular feature and uh, we can see that on the next slide maybe maybe not um, more youth riders and these were sourced from progressive bike ramps out of Joplin, Missouri, which is north of Bentonville, Arkansas, and these are widely used down there also in their trail network. And again, funded in part by the Community Foundation of Johnson County. Uh, Here's an opening day we had with some youth. You can see the drop off on the left here, but uh, again, people can practice their skills, put up their skills on these technical features before they come out to the flow trail.
3: And this, this area, um, we with all of this, and get, if you're interested in getting into these more technical features, you also take on more liability, I think, as a city. Um, but we, we've tried to really sign, use at your own risk, and remind riders of what kind of skills they need. Um, I wouldn't say that we're completely done with signage. I think we find every year um, how to tweak it and how to make sure people understand what they're getting into. Um, uh, out there in the in the community. Um, otherwise, for the Clear Creek Trail, we are um, continue to be under construction. We we see the light at the end of the tunnel in twenty twenty four. We um, we were hoping twenty twenty two was going to be the end of construction on Clear Creek, but with um, COVID nineteen, um, the Iowa Department of Transportation is now saying they're about two years behind on the uh, interchange there at I-80 and 380. Or I I shouldn't say behind, that was their original schedule and then they had money to advance and um, get ahead. And then unfortunately that hasn't worked out for them because of COVID-19. So we're looking at 2024. Um, If it can be fall of 23, I'd be doing a happy dance um, and I continue to try and push them on that. But down at the bottom of the screen, you can see where we Um, are ending right now. um, That's the dead end. Before we head under the ramps, we'll be going under six um, off-ramps or I-80. We'll go under six structures there. And then as you go up to the middle um, north side of this picture, you see the bridge that crosses over and the trail done then um, out by West Core, the West Core area in Coralville. And then we'll advance to the north and go under um, 380 um, and go on over to Tiffin. So all of our connections and our all of our connections still need to be done, and all of our trail is in place in between. Uh, so we're looking forward to the day that we get to do um, that that work. The down at the bottom of the, the screen, you can see also some um, improvements that the D- Department of Transportation did. You can see the riprap along that curve, and I should have included a few more slides on the work they did out at uh, at the Clear Creek stretch between here and Altmire Farm. Um, they have improved about 1,900 feet of stream, either with J hooks in, uh, in the water um, with armoring some banks so that they're not eroding, and or we, they have put in over 200 boulders into Clear Creek in between those areas. So they add ripple effect and add interest um, to the water. They put in a kayak launch um, for us at just north of Creekside Ballpark and a parking area um, that we will do the, it's just gonna be grass parking, but they've graded it out and it's ready for us to put in limestone blocks and and signage um, and another area to um, put kayaks in. So so we've got this really great um, partnership with the DOT going out here at the Clear Creek Greenbelt. To not only, um, we have all the trail system, but now we have a, a, a improved water trail system. And um, we went out um, this summer and uh, kayaked this. Water was running about 100 CSF that day, uh, I would say, or cubic feet, FS, CFS. And I would say if you're running somewhere between 100 and 120, that's probably about the minimum you want of, of um, cubic feet per second. Um, something a little bit more along the lines of 150 or 160 um, gives you a better kayak experience and you move a little bit farther down I got caught on a few sandbars but it, it wasn't horrid um, the Iowa River Trail corridor construction update um, we are that is the connection from Crandick Park in Iowa City over to the Clear Creek Trail um, and going across Clear Creek to to Head, um, so we head north when the Iowa Corridor Trail continues, and we head west from the Clear Creek Trail there. So this piece of trail used to be known as Crandick Trail, and we have now connected with Iowa City um, to call this the Iowa River Corridor Trail because it's the only piece in Corval of the Iowa River Corridor Trail. And when that's done, it'll be over 17 miles of continuous trail. And we were, I think, the last link, if I remember right, to get this put back in. So this we lost in 2008 flooding. Um, had money and then lost money kind of back and forth several times over the years, depending on how much money our flood improvements took. So finally, we've been able to do this piece with um, uh, transportation enhancement funds. And uh, we are, they've, here's a sheet pile picture they um, are working on abutments right now. And the crane came in just before Christmas and they're getting ready as they're doing abutments, they're getting ready to also be able to put um, the big bridge pieces in here this spring and swing them into um, place. You can see the, the um, I'm not even sure what that's called. Uh, they're in the middle of the creek, but that was built as part of our flood improvements, waiting for these bridges to be put in place. Um, here in the future, but the support structures are there and and we're excited about getting that back back into play. That will be done um, July, August of this year. So in 21, we will be able to finish this piece of, of, of our area. What's up for, ne- for 2021 for Coralville? I'm going to have um, Alex talk about some amenities we're going to be putting in at the flow trail.
2: Yeah, thanks, Sherry. So, <clears throat> um, bouncing—I know we're kind of all over Coralville right now, but bouncing back to the west side um, at Creekside um, with with um, with the success of this project, um, I just want to thank the MPO again for our partnership with them. We installed trail traffic counters there, and we got some really strong numbers. I think in—I think it was five months we counted uh, since we since we did the soft opening at the Flow Trail, we had uh, 16,000 trips on the climbing trail, which would be the, the, the main way to get to the rest of the network. So I think that's a really awesome number. Um, there were some spikes for the, uh, grand opening events. And then, um, just over the course of five months, 16,000 trips. I mean, those aren't unique rides. Those, you know, some of those could be the same person doing, you know, two or three rides in the same, same day, but, I still think that's a really awesome number. So with that in mind, you know we want to make sure we have some amenities out there, and these will serve um, both of the natural surface trails out there, both the cross course, uh, the flow trail, and then they can also serve hikers that are, um, you know, out there with their families at a a ball game that day, or people coming from the Clear Creek Pave Trail. So we want to make sure there's amenities available. for the public out there in the community. You can see this um, kind of bird's eye view we created um, with Bolton and Mink. They're, help, they're helping us design some of the stuff. And it gives you an overview of the the ball fields, the, the parking lot there, and then some of the timber where the flow trail is. And then you can see the the cross course kind of to the, to the left-hand side there, and then the barns over to the far right. But we have plans for three different amenity areas um, Coming up here in 21. So the next slide shows um, one that we do have funding for. It's this will be a trailhead plaza at at the at the beginning of the climbing trail, which is how you access most of the of the, of the flow trail. So um, we were um, granted a grant from the Wellmark Foundation recently that helped fund this uh, a match grant. And uh, at the at the plaza here, it'll be a viewing area. So you know, families or, or riders can kind of set up, stretch, um, fill their water bottles with the water fountain that'll be installed there. You can see that on the far right hand side. And then um, there'll be some interpretive signage where they can see, you know, how to navigate the trail network. And then it'll be also for end to end trip too. Like people can set up and stretch again and get ready for their next, their next ride. Um, And also just watch riders. We're positioning it in such a, such a way that you can see the rest of the the trail as far as the end of it, and then some of the barns too. It's just a really pretty property. So we wanna make sure we stay with that aesthetic and you can kind of see with the design there, the preliminary designs, we're keeping with that farm aesthetic. So we're really excited about this plaza coming up and it'll provide a a gathering space and um, just a really nice way to access this trail network. Uh, We got the water line ran and we're gonna start working with Bolton and Mekon design uh, this month. There's also plans for some other observation areas at the top. So when you get to the top of this property, uh, hiking and biking, there's a really cool view of Coralville and Tiffin and the horizon line there. You can kind of see all, this, all, the, all the city and um, you can see the interchange, just some of the, some of the views that are really neat. So we wanna make sure that um, once you get to the top there, there's also an area to rest and kind of set up and just enjoy being out in nature. And then to get at the bottom, we're looking at maybe doing a bike wash station. So end of trip usage where your bike parking's there and then there's water, like uh, water stations to spray your bike off and uh, and your trip. So really excited about these uh, amenities and people using our flow trail and the rest of our, our trail amenities and inf- infrastructure this year. So I think that's it for amenities and what we have. Is there any anything else that we need to go over, Sherry?
3: I think so. Thanks for letting us share that. Any questions?
1: least well, monitoring questions. I just wanted to say last week on our Zoom we had um, Brad Friedhoff from the county. And I think one thing that a lot of people are very excited about with, you know, we think of the Clear Creek Trail, we think of Coralville. But of course, Tiffin's got its section. It's just they're disconnected because of the interstate. And so when yeah. when um, Brad was here last week, he um, talked about you know that connect, your connection that's going to come into Tiffin and, and folks who are driving down 380 and 218. You know you people are familiar with seeing those soccer fields off to the west, and um, that trail picks up right there, and then it continues out and will reach Kent Park. So, um, as we were saying in last week's zoom, you know, in just a few years, you can go down to Terry Trueblood and get on your bike and ride your bike all the way out to Kent park and except for a short section on Normandy drive where there are no houses. So it's in effect, a bike trail, you're all on bike trail. You have to cross a few intersections, mm-hmm. but really you're, you're on bike trail that whole way. That's very exciting.
3: It's amazing. Have we figured out the mileage yet?
1: No, from but Terry Trueblood all the way to Kent
3: Park. <laughs> no, but we yeah. can do that. <laughs> it, it, it effectively becomes yeah, It becomes a, a destination. A, it, it becomes a, a driver that we can can get out there and, and talk about with um, different people. You know, we're always looking for places to ride, and I just think we we have enough things to do here. It kind of becomes like root river.
1: Right. We and can, then I think too with the connection it. with the connection of the Iowa River Trail, you know, north into the Hoover Nature Trail and into the Cedar Valley Trail. I mean, people have, you know, which runs all the way to Cedar Rapids and then on to Waterloo. That's that's a huge opportunity to bring people um, mm-hmm. into the community and, and to give them, you know, not you know, they could ride down and then stay overnight and then do the the, the trail out to Kent Park and you know, just a lot of opportunities.
0: So I'm not, excuse me, I'm not seeing any questions in the chat or in the Q&A. Maybe we'll give people a minute here to see if um, any questions come up. Um, I did want to ask at the Creekside Flow Trail, you guys had talked about wayfinding signage a little bit, um, but are there signs to let you know um, which route um, is the most difficult, the beginner, Mm -hmm. um, intermediate and advance?
2: Yeah. um, I don't know if we can still share the screen but i can i can send the map or um each so the 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 whole network it's two miles that's divided into segments so on the map if you want to try to find it back there somewhere sherry um there's there's small white dots at the beginning and end of each segment and so throughout the network uh, similarly to Woodpecker, we've been able to put wayfinding signs up. There it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You can see the little white dots there, Emily?
0: Yes. Yeah. So those
2: would be the beginnings of each segment. And so at each one of those white dots, there is this exact trail with, or this exact map with a you are here point on it. So again, wayfinding, and then it, it tells you if you want to enter that or not. And there's always an option to just continue on and just stay on the green. Um, There's also that white kind of connector trail that you can always exit any part of the network also. So very easy to navigate. We made sure we had wayfinding signs in place out there also so people wouldn't get frustrated. Yeah, sure. very important.
0: Um, We did have one question come in. Um, Could you provide some reference points for the trails I'm not sure of locations. Um, I
1: was going to say, Emily, if you could bring up that screen that we ended on. um, I think our map does a. Can you
0: bring that up? It'll take me a minute to find. I think I. Here we go.
3: I think I can talk while you're looking for the, the um, information. I think. For um, most people, they access the Clear Creek Trail at Tom Harkin Trailhead and either go east or west. If you're looking for a longer, so that is off of Camp Cardinal Boulevard, 719 Camp Cardinal Boulevard. Um, But if you're looking for trying to get to one end or the other and do the whole trail, which is about, we've got, I I think we're up to 4.8 miles in length. if you did one to the other. So a good place to, to park is at the Creekside Ballpark, Creekside um, Cross there on this map. And then you can go all the way east and then make your way back all the way west. Or we have some mapping with some different loops that we've put out, particularly to our hotels um, in the community. So, and that's on 340th Street. We're at 3550 340th Street for, for the Creekside Sports Park. So that's an easy access um, location, as well as um, we have parking now at the old Hawkeye Ready Mix site. So you can jump on at the Hawkeye Ready Mix site and be able to go all the way from east to west and, and pass under um, First Avenue, ride, the biscuit cr- ride over to Biscuit Creek and then it jogs down and takes you all the way um, then on the Clear Creek Trail. So, those are a couple kind of points where you can get on the trail. It's got parking right there. Um, there's uh, restrooms available at Creekside Ballpark um, and at uh, Tom Harkin Trailhead. Um, if you went all the way up to the Marriott and the I River Landing on the I River Corridor Trail, which there'll be a um, there's a chunk not open this summer, uh, until this summer, um, to get the the I River piece that I was talking about under construction, but you can detour by getting on the First Avenue Trail, and then get back under there at the bridge. So, um, but that also has parking, restrooms, um, all of the amenities you need to kind of either end or, or start your bike experience. So- just and
1: and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Sherry, up at the Creekside Cross. So that's on the far west end, up by the interchange there. So it's for people to access that, they would take Deer Creek Road from 2nd Street Highway 6. That's how you'd get there. Mm-hmm. And you have parking there. Um, there's also not officially, but there's often places where you can park if you access the trail near James Street, where that orange arrow is. Um, you may be able to find, mm-hmm. you know, parking at a business that's closed or something there. The Tom Harkin Trailhead, when it's, when it when the weather's nice, and especially now during COVID, I know that, that parking area uh, filled up pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. um, but then there's some parking again, like further to the east, you know, near net, like where it says Ned Ashton, there's some university parking that in the off hours you can use. Um but that so you can see on that map, you know, the Tom Harkin trailhead and you see the little mountain bikers for the for the person with the question, that's where those woodpecker trails are um, on either side of Camp Cardinal Boulevard and then the, the flow trail is to the far west. And then when Sherry was talking about that trail extension to connect over, if you think about Rocky Shore Drive, if you're on Rocky Shore in Iowa City and you go under the railroad bridge, there's if on the north side of that railroad bridge, you can. there's a trail um, right now, a trail section that's disconnected and that's where people can ride. It allows you to avoid being on Second Street, which is a little busier. But I think what a lot of people don't know about is all those neat little underpasses you guys have done under Second Street um, and under the railroad, you can see that rainbow tunnel. That's one of my favorite things, <laughs> just that little painting of a rainbow you know, so that it's really easy to connect from Iowa City over into um, the Clear Creek Trail. You don't have to spend a lot of time riding on the street, um, and and you don't have to do, if you don't like crossing those busy intersections, you don't have to. There's a way that you can get under all those streets, so that's really handy. I hope that was helpful to the person with the question. (laughs) Do we have other questions? Emily, I'll
0: click. Mm, we do. Um, are there walking trails at Creekside Flow Trail and Clear Creek or only for bikers?
3: Creekside Cross is, uh, the mode path is um, typically about 20 feet wide through all of that area. So we um, we encourage walkers, joggers to stay to the right and bikers to the left, and we don't have much conflict. So that's, um, we encourage people to use that for both purposes. The flow trail gets a little bit trickier because it is um, an 18 to 24 inch path downhill. um, Bikes are moving pretty quickly. So we don't usually encourage people to walk on the flow trail.
0: Okay, and that kind of gets to, we had another question about the width of the creekside flow trail, which you had um, just answered and then rules of the road for hikers versus bikers. And just I don't I don't know if that one question, if they
1: if they were not understanding that the Clear Creek Trail itself, the hard surface trail, you know, that runs from around I mean, most people pick it up like between Ned Ashton and, and or between the graduate student housing area and then all the way out to Camp Cardinal and then out to the flow trail. That is all multi use except for in the winter. When you want it to, when you want the walkers to stay away and the winter sports to use it, but the rest of the year it's open. It's wonderful, and lots of people lots of people use it for walking and jogging. Right.
0: And then the final question: um, Are there any future plans for bridge crossing over the river at the Coralville Marriott um, to the east um, in Iowa? Hope State?
3: So. Yeah, we hope so. We have a place and we have a concept. Um, I think we've tried three times to get a grant to do that um, and haven't been successful yet, but it's we continue to try and would love to be able to connect um, as part of our Riverfront Master Plan. Um, it would connect there just a little bit north of the Marriott across the river. And then we could get over to um, uh, Waterworks Park very directly. And for people who don't know, like.
1: What you can do for now is you can take that Iowa River Power, the, the ride across there, and go through um, the area where the dog park and the, and the Frisbee Park are. And, and you do have to do a little on-street riding, but then you can go under the interstate into Waterworks Prairie Park. So this would be a more direct connection, but you can you can make that connection along some pretty low-volume streets.
0: Okay, I'm not seeing any other questions. Um,
1: if we don't have any more questions, I really want to thank um, Sherry and Alex. It's um, it's all really exciting and very impressive. I think people are really happy to have all these uh, bike amenities available. You know, where you don't have to drive way out of town to get to them, and they're really really first class um, facilities. So thank you so much for presenting them. I want to let people know that we are recording those these zooms, and they will eventually be available for other people who want to watch them and so if you like us the MPO on uh, Facebook, uh, you'll get an announcement when we have those available as well as if you like us on Instagram. And next week, we'll have another Zoom at this time with the folks from the Bike Library focusing on bicycling through the winter, how to stay warm, the best routes to take, all that kind of stuff, how to keep your bike in shape. And I know Audrey Wiedemeyer from the Bike Library is a big fan um, of the Woodpecker Trail and the Flow Trail. So I'm sure she'll be talking about those again. But again, I, I just want to remind people that this is part of the Trails to Table Challenge. So if you liked it, If you are liking these zooms if you're interested in the maps that we're putting out to please go to mpojc.org and if you scroll all the way down in the lower left and click the trails to table link that'll get you to all of the um all of the maps that we've been doing including the snowplow map for the entire metro area and um it will also get you to that link where you can donate um to our local food pantries um we'll run that through the end of january um We know the need is really there. Lots of people give during the holidays, but if we could spur you to just make a five or $10 donation to the food pantries, that would be great. And I, that's all we have today, but uh, thank you so much, Sherry and Alex.